of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, we are back in action on the football field after a what felt like a very long bye week for the Badgers. They'll be back in action on Saturday against the Maryland Terrapins. We'll get into everything, our usual game preview for that. In the back half of the show, we do have another interview with Emmett Siegel of the Testudo Times. He joins us to talk some Maryland football, give some good insight on these two teams. Of course, Two teams that do not see each other all that much with them being the Big Ten East, Big Ten West. Sometimes these teams you, you don't see as often um, or you see them many years in a row and then you don't see them for years. So it's nice to see these two teams squaring off in what should be an intriguing matchup between a very high-powered dynamic offense for the Terps and a Wisconsin team that seems to be playing better football. We'll see how both teams come out after a bye week. So we'll get into our full preview for that. Just to give you guys kind of a rundown of the schedule, today will be the Maryland preview. Next week on uh, Monday, we'll recap that game, and then we'll also get you guys into a preview for basketball season as Wisconsin basketball opens up their uh, season on November 7th at 7.30 on Big Ten Network. So we'll kind of talk about the game and, and what we expect to see from Wisconsin. They did have their scrimmage this past weekend, so there's some takeaways from that. But we'll focus all in on that on the kind of back half of the recap Maryland episode. So it'll be a little bit of a mix of basketball and football next week, but for right now, didn't want to cross those two um, to start this this week with the bye week. Wanted to stay football focused for this episode, and then next episode we'll have a football recap and get into some basketball. As college basketball season, believe it or not, is right here, and the Wisconsin Badgers will be ready to go um, on November 7th when they take on South Dakota. With that, let's go ahead and get into this contest with Maryland. This will be an 11 o'clock game on Big Ten Network, so make sure to uh, plan accordingly. Plan your schedules for Saturday around this intriguing matchup. Maryland comes in 6-2 and two on the season. Wisconsin comes in 4-4, four and four, as I mentioned. Both teams off a of bye week, so really both teams will be rested. Hopefully that will create a good game for those of you watching on TV or if you're in person at Camp Randall. It looks like it might be. A little bit of a rainy contest for you guys there, but uh, we'll see how the weather holds up. To get into this game now, you look at Wisconsin coming in, playing a really good football game on the bye week, really handling their business against Purdue. I think that gave them a lot of confidence coming into the game, which is really nice to see. Wisconsin was able to get a little bit healthier. We have the updated injury report and depth chart over at BuckySwithQuarter.com. Um, very good write-up by Rohan on that to kind of get... You guys caught back up on football season. As I mentioned, it felt like a very long bye week uh, for Wisconsin. It was nice to have a little time off from writing and, and podcasting. Uh, just kind of re- recharge, similar to the uh, the Badgers players on this team. But to get into this game now, uh, both teams coming off of a bye. I think you've got Wisconsin. We'll, we'll start with the offense coming into a game where they're likely going to have to put up some points. And I know that's an obvious Caveat, you have to score points to win football games. Most times, Wisconsin has, in times, um, been able to win football games without scoring many points. But you look at this Maryland team, very dynamic offense, very strong offense, very strong passing offense. Likely, probably one of the better passing attacks that they've seen in 
in recent weeks. I would say they're right up there with the Ohio State in terms of the athletes that they have a quarterback, the athletes they have on the outside, and a very strong running game along with that. So I think this is going to be a very good test for the Badgers, who have played better in the secondary. They had a big test against Purdue, played better in that game, really did a good job of shutting that Purdue passing game down. But there were times where Purdue was moving the ball and creeping down the field with their passing attack. So that's that's likely going to be something that Wisconsin is going to be up against this week, given those athletes for Maryland. So when you look at the Wisconsin offense, certainly going to have to be able to put up points, sustain drives. You know, this Maryland defense is a little bit weaker. Um, they've been, they've had, they've really been an inconsistent team. And, you know, anytime I see a team, you know, that looks like they're, in term, terms of total defense, in that 70 range, it means that they're, of 131 football teams, they're about dead in the middle, which means they've been they've had some strong games, and also means that they've had some really weak games. So they have played a tougher schedule. They've played, you know, you've got the Big Ten East, which is a very tough schedule with Ohio State, Michigan, both on there, put up some points in the, in those spots. So it's an interesting defense for sure. They've struggled at times. They've had some games where they've looked like their athletes are really showing promise. So what version of the Maryland defense you're going to see is somewhat unknown because they've been so inconsistent throughout the season as I mentioned they've had ups they've had downs we'll see what they get from them the one area that they do seem to play really well is it's the rushing attack for opposing teams coming into this week Maryland ranks 31st in rushing yards allowed compared to 103rd in passing yards allowed so when you're looking at this defense and how you're going to move the football it's likely going to be through the air is where you're going to have your most amount of success. 103rd in passing off or passing defense is not very good. So you've got to look at that and say Wisconsin is going to have to likely hit some plays on the field, and that's something they've been doing a lot better with the last couple of weeks. Now, part of that is the rushing game clicking a little bit better to work that passing game off of it, but it's certainly an area that Wisconsin can exploit opposing defenses if they aren't up to snuff in their secondary. So I think that's where you're going to look at the Badgers and say, can they come out and keep hitting those passing plays that they are looking to? I mean, you look at this Maryland pass defense right now, in terms of common opponents that Wisconsin has faced, this is going to be the worst passing attack they've faced on uh, their offense facing that passing defense. It's going to be the worst that the Badgers have faced all season long. Purdue comes in at 83rd. They had some success there. Michigan State, 98th. So, you're looking at the Badgers, you know, granted they probably should have hit some more plays in the passing game in that Michigan State game. I think many Badger fans are looking back on that Michigan State game and again kicking themselves that they didn't find a way to win that game because it was a game that they could exploit. But you're looking at this pass defense, this is worse than that Michigan State unit. Now, can the Badgers come out and make those plays in the passing games? That's where you're going to have to wait and see. But it's certainly that's been the recipe to move the football against this Maryland defense is through the air. Now, rushing numbers are good. Part of that could be that the rushing numbers are so good because teams have had not to run and not had to run as much because they're having so much success through the air. So it's going to be interesting to see the way that Wisconsin comes out because you know, on paper, the Badgers like to run the football and the run game certainly has to set up the passing game. And, and when Graham Mertz has been successful, it's been because the run game is working and the Badgers have been able to find that balance. When the Badgers have not had that balance, he's struggled, especially when they have to go to the air consistently um, and more often and, and not having, you know, if they have to go to the air, you know, first down, second down, third time to try to play catch up, that's when Wisconsin could get into some trouble. So you're looking at this defense 
this is a place that Wisconsin can exploit, but they also do have to find that rushing attack. So it's similar to the Michigan State game where you look at it and see, man, this pass defense really seems to struggle. Maybe Wisconsin can, can hit some big plays. That's certainly true, and certainly it's something I think you're going to have to look for. But you know that the running game has to be there as well. They have to have that cohesive balance on the offensive side of the football. When they play their best football on offense, it's been because they've had a balance in terms of their splits between the running game and the passing game and kind of had both working. That's that's what a, a balanced pro offense can be. It can be really good. It can really strike for some plays because you have to respect both bases. You can't key on one or the other. So seeing where Wisconsin, I think in terms of a matchup, seeing where Wisconsin tries to go to hit those big plays in the passing game, but also allow themselves to set up those passing plays is going to be really a fun one to watch against this Maryland defense. So that's kind of what I'll be looking for, the Badgers offense and how they are going about trying to move the football uh, against the Maryland Terrapins. Switching gears to the defensive side of the ball for the Badgers, it's going to be a very interesting test for Wisconsin. You look at this Maryland team, you know, a very talented quarterback, Antulia Tagovailoa, younger brother of Tua Tagovailoa, um, transferred from Alabama, been a very dynamic quarterback during his time at Maryland. Last year was a guy that struggled with turnovers, struggled with inconsistent play, but was still lighting up the stat sheet. There was going to be times where he was going to throw a ton of touchdowns, but also a ton of interceptions. This year, when he's been healthy, he's been a guy that's really cut down on those turnovers. So Wisconsin is going to be facing a very dynamic, strong quarterback in that regard, and also a, a very strong receiving core. You've, you've got a five-star in Rakeem Jarrett. Dante Demas was one of the top wideouts you know, beginning of last year. Went down with an injury, still an NFL-type guy, and they've got multiple guys beyond him as well. So this passing attack is going to be very solid for the Terps. I mean, you're talking about a unit that is in ranked 27th in terms of passing offense uh, for teams across the country, averaging about 283 yards through the air. So it's certainly going to be that's their main focus when they're on offense is trying to you know, throw the football around the field and get the ball in the hands of these dynamic wide receivers. A ton of talent in that room. Wisconsin has been better against the pass. You know, you talk about the Michigan State game. Jaden Reed did get loose for some big plays. That was kind of an area of concern. Wisconsin, even in that Purdue game, while they did play better there, they forced some turnovers. There were still some plays where Wisconsin was giving up yards and you know, allowing Purdue consistently move back and down the field. And, you know, the Badgers did get off to a great start in that game, but the rest of the game, it kind of felt like Purdue was starting to creep back moving the ball down the field, and then Wisconsin would strike you know, right back to kind of keep that game on on ice a little bit, at ease a little bit. And you can talk about the Isaac Rendo, you know, busted long run to kind of help put it away. So you're not always going to be able to guarantee to have that start, you know, when you've got a, you know, a quick touchdown and a pick six. So can Wisconsin make sure that they're buttoned up defensively against this passing attack is going to be a really interesting one to watch. Now, I know the Badgers have got a little bit healthier in the secondary, when you look at guys like Alexander Smith back, fine, that's a huge piece to, to have back in this puzzle. So the secondary can be better, has been better of late, but still going to have a really big test against this passing offense, which I think when you're ranking the the teams that Wisconsin's won against in terms, of, in terms of passing attacks, Purdue is solid, but I think this Maryland team might be a little bit better in, in terms of the athletes that they have and the dynamic that they have at quarterback. I mean, Tagovailoa is a guy that, you know, Aiden O'Connell at Purdue has struggled against Wisconsin. Not really a guy that can make plays with his feet. Tagovailoa is a guy that can certainly make plays with his feet and his arm. So that's going to be an interesting added layer for Wisconsin when trying to figure out, you know, are they going to have to sit back? Or are they going to have to play also contained with the quarterback? 
it's going to be a really good test for the Badgers in, in that regard. So that's going to be the main area to watch. When you look at this Maryland offense, you know, it's certainly a pass-happy team. It's certainly what they are leaning on is moving the ball through the air with this dynamic passing attack. But the Maryland Terrapins have developed a offense that, similar to Wisconsin, has been able to find success when they've found some balance. Now, it's not necessarily an offense that's going to try and run all over you, but it is going to try and make you respect both phases of the game. You know, they come in ranked 52nd in terms of rushing offense. That's one spot behind Wisconsin. Now, Wisconsin's numbers are, are certainly down, but Maryland is still running for 170 yards a game on the ground. So you add that with their 283 yards a game, that's a big offense that you've got to be able to pay attention to. You can't just sit back and, and try and play the pass. You have to respect this running game, and I think that's what makes Maryland even more lethal is that they have both phases of their offense working. You know, they're 28th in total offense with you know, 455 yards a game. That's a very good offense you're going to be going up against. So can Wisconsin make sure that they're assigned a sound football and play against both areas of the game? Because you're not going to be able to shut both of them down. You're going to have to be able to contain both of them, and that's going to be the interesting cat and mouse is, is where Maryland tries to go to the run where they focus the pass and how Wisconsin kind of counters that and make sure to respect both areas. I think if you're the Wisconsin side, you hope that you can kind of shut this passing game down and make them run the football. I think that would be the better phase for the Badgers in terms of what they line up well against. It would be trying to limit the dynamic plays of the passing offense and say, hey, you're going to have to run the ball to beat us. If Wisconsin can get into those situations, that would be more than ideal for this defense. I do think the secondary has played better. They forced some turnovers, but again, you know, even thinking back to the, North, the Northwestern game, Northwestern moved the football. The only thing that killed their drives was the turnover. Purdue moved the football. The only thing that killed their drives a lot of the time was a couple, you know, Purdue turnovers in in really bad spots. So I think you prove Wisconsin defense. That's kind of what you're hoping for is to maybe shut that more down from the front and not rely on those turnovers because those turnovers are so unpredictable. That transitions us nicely into the matchup to watch for this game because I think turnovers are going to be the big thing for both sides of the offense. When you look at Maryland's offense, Wisconsin's offense, turnovers are going to be a huge dictator in this game, I think. If you're Wisconsin, just try and play a clean game. Make sure when you're out there on offense, you're putting up points. That is going to be huge. When you talk about a dynamic passing offense, the last thing you want to do is give them a short field and all of a sudden, bing, bang, boom. Seven points are on the board because they hit a couple passing plays. That's something that you could, you have to try and limit those turnovers. And I don't want to say play keep away because Wisconsin, again, we talked about the offense, has to be a little bit more balanced. But I do think trying to control some clock, keep there, not necessarily sit on the ball and flatten the ball and, and try and take time off there, but working your offense, controlling the clock, controlling time of possession, things that Wisconsin already kind of has built into their DNA in terms of how Wisconsin football goes about it. That's that's something that I think could be good, but keeping that clean game in terms of the turnovers is going to be something to really watch for. And the same goes for Maryland. You talk about their dynamic quarterback in Tagovailoa. Last year was a guy that really really struggled with turnovers. You think to that Iowa game, you know, threw five interceptions in that game, had some issues that last year. Has not had as many of those issues this year, and really kind of has cleaned that up. So you're talking about. Five interceptions to 13 touchdowns. That's a much better ratio than what he had you know, going into last year. Last year, through 11 touchdowns, 26 touchdowns to 11 interceptions. So a similar, similar ratio, but it seems like they haven't came as such detrimental times for Tagovailoa. I mean, you look at that Iowa game when 
five interceptions in a game. Tough timing in terms of the interception. Even this year, there's been some throws, but overall, it seems like he's played a lot cleaner football, and that's going to be something that Wisconsin is going to try to reverse and try to exploit is baiting him into some of those issues. Jim Leonard's defense has done a very good job over the course of his tenure of confusing quarterbacks and you know making them throw into windows that they should not have made up. That's why their safeties for Wisconsin have had so much success every single year. You know, now, the next one up, John Torchio has had so many good interceptions this season. That's Granted, that's part John Torchio. He's a very good player in his own right. is making plays and always around the football. But part of that is scheme and what the defense can draw up in terms of trying to bait throws and forcing them into windows that are not actually there. Jim Leonard's defense is built on confusion and pressure. And I think Wisconsin, if they can do that best and do that right, that can really confuse a guy like Tiger Maloa to make some of those fakes, to revert back to what he was in his sophomore season and, and have some of those interceptions. So that's going to be a really big thing to watch for on the turnover side. For Wisconsin, we've already kind of talked about it, we've got to play clean. And Maryland's defense, you know, at least early in the season, was struggling to force those turnovers. So Wisconsin kind of keep that going, play a clean game offensively, not turn the football over, and maybe force a couple of their own. It could be a huge dividend for the Badgers as they move into a critical game. You know, in, in their you know, four left, got to win two of them to get to bowl eligible. This is one that Wisconsin likely really, really wants to have, not only for the improvement overall morale of the program, but just to get to bowl eligibility. And you talk about the, what's remaining for the rest of this season. If you can get to that bowl, get all those extra practices, hopefully as Jim Leonard is eventually named the head coach, it really develops you for next year. Could you win out and win all four of them? Certainly, but I think you're looking at right now and saying, let's just take it a week at a time, see where they can improve. Let's get to a bowl. And then all of a sudden you can kind of start to build the foundation of a future for Wisconsin, hopefully under Jim Leonard. I'm kind of head scratching that this hasn't already been um, an announcement for Jim Leonard to be the head coach. I don't know what they're waiting on. It's his job to, I guess, lose at this point, but I think he's already won the job. You've seen him pick up some commitments in recruiting already, which we'll talk a little bit more about next week, but there's building blocks that there that it should be Jim Leonard's job already. So let's just get on with it. But that's a different discussion for a different day. So kind of keeping things going now, we'll talk about the key players in this contest and the players that we're talking about on offense. I think you're going to be talking about the passing game, whether it be positive or negative. I think Graham Mertz is certainly part of that. And he's, I think played really well. Nine touchdowns, one interception in the last few games, really starting to turn a corner. If you're complaining about his play, you just like to complain because he's been a lot better. I think you're going to be talking about the wide receivers, Skylar Bell, Chimray DK. These guys have shown that they can make some big plays in the passing game, and this defense is going to be one that if Wisconsin does take to the air and hit some big plays, it's going to be at the hands of those guys you know, getting open and really you know, catching the ball and, and getting down the field in terms of these big yards after catch plays. They've done a really good job of that this year in terms of the explosive plays that they can put together, and I think those will be the guys that we'll be talking about in this game should Wisconsin have a big game on the offensive side. It's going to be at the hands of their top receivers, and those two have played really well and, and progressed really nicely over the course of this season. On the defensive side, I think you're going to be talking about the secondary, the safeties, the corners. If they struggle against this dynamic passing attack, that's going to be a conversation they'll be having as, man, this Wisconsin secondary kind of began to show some flaws again that they've had shown earlier in the season. If they have a really solid game, you know, you've got you know, multiple players breaking up plays, forcing some turnovers, all of a sudden you're talking about the secondary and say, hey, this Wisconsin defense starting to kind of turn a corner, you know, 
played two really strong passing, you know, deep, excuse me, passing offenses in back-to-back weeks with a bye week in between, and they've showed consistent improvement over that mark. So I think the secondary, John Torgio, Alexander Smith, the rest of the corners, Ricardo Hallman, whoever's out there, that's going to be who you're talking about for better or for worse. With that, let's go ahead and wrap up my portion of the podcast, and then we'll get into our interview with Emmett of Testudo Times, talk more about Maryland. For me, I think this game is going to be a close one. Back and forth, Wisconsin, Maryland, both putting up. I think they'll be able to put up some points in this contest, and both teams should be able to move the football, score. It's going to come down to turnovers. It's going to come down to a few different plays. I do like the Badgers in this contest. I'm thinking kind of like a 27-21 to type of game, back and forth throughout. Hopefully Wisconsin can limit some big plays, but I do think I, I like them at home. I like the way that they've been playing of late. You hope with both teams coming off the bye week, they're going to be ready to go. Might be a little sloppy early if you're kind of still get, trying to get your feet back under you after a bye week, but I do like the Badgers in this contest. I think they've started to play better. They've played better under Jim Leonard. They've got some energy now. The 30-day transfer window, window is now closed, so you, you know who's in, you know who's out, and I think Jim Leonard just kind of preached that message of urgency through this team. So I think they find a way to win this game and have a couple extra weeks, you know, a couple extra days to prepare for this contest. I think that will pay some big dividends for the Badgers in the end. So I like the Badgers 27 to 21 in this contest. All right, guys, that wraps up my portion of the show. We're going to get some ad reads out of the way and then we'll get into our, into our interview with Emmett to talk about some Maryland football. All right, Badger fans, we are now joined by a very special guest to talk some Maryland Terrapins. We've got Emmett Siegel of Testudo Times. Do a ton of great work over there if you're looking for the opposite side perspective on Wisconsin's contest with the Maryland Terps. Make sure to go over and check them out at Testudo's Times. Ton of great content leading up to the game on Saturday. Emmett, thanks for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited to talk some uh, Maryland football because, frankly, these two teams don't meet all that much. It's kind of a, you know, Wisconsin's had a couple, Michigan State and Maryland, two teams they haven't seen in a while now on the schedule for the season. So it's nice to see these two teams finally meeting once again at Camp Randall to get kind of into it. Cause Wisconsin fans, they know the West teams super, super well versus the East teams. You don't know quite as well. So let's go. I want to just kind of get, we always like to start with the direction of the program type of question. So how do you feel the program is moving under Mike Locks? It seems like Maryland, at least from the outsider's perspective um, over here in Wisconsin, kind of seems like Maryland's turned a corner this year, six and two on the season and looking like they're playing pretty good football under Mike Locksley. Well, we've seen over the last couple of years, kind of this ascent under Mike Locksley. I mean, what he inherited, he inherited a program that was really in shambles. I mean, probably the worst situation maybe in the entire big 10, um, so it really couldn't go anywhere but up, but he's done a very good job, especially with recruiting, getting some more talent in here to, uh, you know, to, to really uh, get this team going on the right path. Um, and it's kind of shown this year, like you said, um, this talent acquisition, it's, it's a multi-year progress. We all know that recruiting rankings, there's kind of a lag until you see results on the field. And, uh, you know, th- this season, they're six and two for the first time in over a decade. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like you said, they've, they've turned a corner. Um, they're starting to kind of put together all this talent on the field and, and, and it show up on the scoreboard, uh, which is definitely promising for Maryland fans to see because they've been very close a couple times to, to kind of getting over that hump. But then every single season, it seems like when they get a big game, especially at home, maybe a night game, the place is crowded. Um, and then they get blown out by a really good team. Like a couple years ago, it was Iowa before that Penn state. 
Um, and this year hasn't necessarily been like that. They've been competitive in every single game. They have two losses by a combined nine points. So, yeah, I mean, they're definitely competing. They're not necessarily one of the best teams in the Big Ten East yet, but uh, they're they're at least proving that they're able to compete with those teams, which is promising to see. Well, part of that turnaround is, of course, due to Mike Lox and the recruiting and, and, of course, the big names they landed, the quarterback being one of them, Tulia Tagovailoa, brother, younger brother of Tua, formerly at Alabama, transferred to Maryland. He has been absolutely awesome to watch when he's when he's been healthy. Electric player, I think back to last year, you know, just some games with that he was just lighting up the scoreboard. And so far this year, it seems like it's been kind of the same. I haven't been able to see as much of Maryland this year, but it seems like they're each week that he comes out and is lighting up the scoreboard with his passing attack. So what makes him so special? And and I know last year he struggled with turnover. It seems like he's really grown this year. Is that kind of the case where he's, he's done better in some of those key areas? For sure. That was the number one thing that he talked about all off season about improving on was the turnovers. Uh, he kind of, my comp for him all of last year was kind of like a Jameis Winston type where he's going to throw a lot of touchdowns. He's going to, make a lot of plays, but he's also going to throw a lot of interceptions, make a lot of throws that you're really wondering why he did that. That has not really been the case this year. He's definitely improved on that. Uh, turnovers are not as much of a problem. There's still every now and then, you know, you'll see him kind of revert to his old ways, but for the most part, he's just a very dynamic player. I mean, he's, he's pretty small for a quarterback, at least for a quarterback that, you know, puts up the numbers that he does, but he's incredibly mobile and he's very good when he gets outside the pocket. It's really good at extending plays. Um, that's been a little bit of uh, concern recently just because he's hurt his knee um, in the Michigan game in the fourth game of the season. He had to leave briefly with a knee injury. He re-aggravated it against Indiana two weeks ago. He had to get carted off the field, and when that happened, everyone just assumed he was out for the season, but he's going to be playing this week, so it's a pretty remarkable recovery. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just it's his mobility, I think, that really makes him such a dangerous player uh, and so hard to game plan for. Yeah, that's certainly something that Wisconsin, you know, those mobile quarterbacks have struggled with at times. So that'd certainly be a matchup to watch. Not only his arm can be electric, but as you've mentioned, his feet as well. And part of what makes him great is the weapons around him. You talked about the recruiting, Rakeem Jarrett, five-star player out of high school. Dante Dimas, incredibly talented wide receiver, had a great year to start the year last year, went down with an injury. But this, and beyond even those two, it seems like this receiving core is super talented, probably one of the better ones that Wisconsin will face outside of Ohio State all season long. So how good is this group of players and how much does that help just make this passing attack as lethal as it can look? Well, the the receivers are incredibly talented. There's no doubt about that. They haven't necessarily shown that on the stat sheet yet. And I think part of that is just that there's so many guys to give the ball to. It's hard for anyone to break through. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's incredibly difficult to game plan for. I mean, you have two, three, you could argue four NFL receivers on this team. Um, they just can spread the ball out all over the field. And and the offensive coordinator, Dan Enos, sometimes is a little hesitant to go downfield. He sometimes likes to, you know, maybe throw a screen pass, get his guy in space. Um, but when they do go downfield every now and then, uh, you can see that they're, they're able to get separation. Now, Wisconsin has a very good secondary, especially at the safety position. So um, that might be a little difficult to do. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's incredibly difficult to to defend against Maryland's passing attack. A lot of teams have been kind of selling out on that, playing a lot of zone, playing a lot of deep zone. And that has kind of led to the opening of the running attack, which I'm sure we'll get to. Um, so the stats might not necessarily show it, but the Maryland's passing attack is definitely one of the most dangerous in the Big Ten for sure. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that because that transitions just very nicely to our next question. The rushing 
attack, similar to almost kind of like you know Wisconsin just played Purdue before the bye week. You know, the, the passing attack is is their main go to forte, but they've developed a rushing attack because defenses are so scared to get burned by this passing attack. So how has the Maryland ground game kind of developed, um, you know, in, in light of this passing attack, sometimes being so dangerous, you have to really, you know, make your game plan around defending that area. It's been probably the most pleasant surprise, at least for the coaching staff, um, this season, the running, the rushing attack, uh, Roman Hemby is the number one running back. No one really knew who was going to be going into the season. A lot of young guys, uh, you know, the, the, the guys that were, kind of the workhorses the last two years left. Um, so you have a lot of young players. No one's really sure who's going to separate themselves. And then Roman Hemby, who's a redshirt freshman, kind of bursts onto the scene here. And he's on pace for a thousand yard, uh, thousand yards rushing this year. Um, he had close to 200 yards um, against SMU, or against SMU, but also against Northwestern. He's He's been incredibly reliable for Maryland. And he's really kind of saved them in a couple games where maybe the passing attack isn't going super well and, and you need someone to fall back on. And then Robin Hemby comes out of nowhere with a long run. Um, and that that's in part due to the offensive line as well. Um, and then you also have Antoine Littleton, who he's a big, big running back. This guy's like 270 pounds. He cut down from a year ago and he's got some sneaky speed. Uh, he too is coming off a, a knee injury um, that he suffered in warmups uh, in last game. So this bye week couldn't have come at a better time for him. Um, but Maryland's rushing attack is, is, is very well-rounded. Um, as I said, it's it's been one of the biggest surprises on how effective they've been. Um, and I definitely expect to see a heavy dose of them, um, especially with Talia coming off an injury on Saturday. Yeah, that offense will certainly be interesting to watch in both the passing and the rushing game. To switch gears now to the defense, it seems like a unit that's had shown some promise at times, but also shown some struggles, kind of an up-and-down year for them. What's kind of been the strength and weakness of this Maryland unit in 2022? Well, early on, the weakness was definitely the inability to generate turnovers. And I think in the first two games, they they weren't able to get any. They had a couple opportunities that weren't able to convert. And then as the season's gone on, that has not been the case. They've been definitely able to to up that, that number. Um, and I think the strength has got to be in the second half. I don't know what it is about the way this team plays or the adjustments they make, but Every single game, it seems like in the first half, you know, they're struggling to get their footing. The other team's moving the ball. And then they come out in the second half, and especially in the third quarter, they're just shutting down opponents. Um, that's credit to defensive coordinator Brian Williams, who's in his first year as the as the sole defensive coordinator. Um, and a lot of young pieces as well that maybe haven't seen as much playing time uh, in the past. I mean, both of the safeties this is their first year starting. Bo Braid, who's a safety, has probably been Maryland's best player on defense this year. He's really stepped into that role nicely. Um, and then freshman linebacker Jayshon Barham, uh, he was a four-star recruit, a late flip from South Carolina, a lot of controversy around that one. And then he comes into Maryland, and this guy looks like he's going to play in the NFL one day. He's been probably the best linebacker on, on a team that has admittedly has had a lot of linebacker injury issues this year, but he's been incredibly consistent. Um, it's just these second-half adjustments have really what been what stood out for the defense. Um, so I think if, if, if teams are going to beat Maryland, they have to kind of step on their throats early because it's going to be hard to move the ball as the game goes on. Yeah. That's certainly an interesting little nugget. When you talk about, you know, the, the second half adjustments and teams coming out, Wisconsin has had some slow starts in the second half. So that might be something to watch for, for you Badger fans out there that might be watching this game at home or in camp Randall stadium to take a look. So 
to kind of finish off our interview here, what do you think is kind of the key things that Maryland has to do to win this game? I think in order to win this game, Maryland has to be able to move the ball. And I know that that sounds very, very obvious, but against a team like Wisconsin that, you know, the identity for a while has definitely been defense, especially rushing defense. Maryland needs to be able to move the ball, especially with a quarterback coming off an injury. I mean, there's no guarantee that that this team will be able to, you know, move the ball downfield effectively, put points on the board. And, you know, for as good as Maryland's second half defense has been, there's no doubt that the defensive side of the ball is definitely the weakness of the team. Uh, they're going to need to score points. That's the way it's going to have to be every game. And Wisconsin poses a tough challenge there. Um, I think Roman Hemby is going to need to have a big game if Maryland wants to come out with a victory. Wisconsin's favored, rightfully so, given the way they've played, especially recently. Um, but I think that if Roman Hemby has a big day on the ground, Maryland's able to eat some clock, maybe put some methodical drives together, keep its defense off the field. I think they'll be in good shape. All right. So our last question, give us a score prediction for Saturday. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I guess I'll put on the record, I'll say final score will be Maryland 24, Wisconsin 27. I think it'll be a close game. I think Wisconsin being at home definitely helps. Maryland is coming off the bye week, but I would still favor Wisconsin. I think going into the season kind of had this circled as a game that, you know, I'm not, not really sure if they're going to be able to win it. I think a lot of optimism among Maryland fans has kind of festered given the way that Wisconsin started the season, but I like the way that they're playing since um, as of late. So uh, I'll go Wisconsin narrowly, but I think it should be a competitive game. It could go either way. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think this could be a game that could be back and forth, going to come down to who can make a, you know, a couple different plays likely on the defensive side. You know, we'll, it'll be a fascinating contest again between two teams that don't see each other as much as you see your division opponents. So it should be a fun one at Camp Randall. Emmett, thanks again for joining us, and uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to, to talk to Maryland football. Of course, anytime. All right, Badger fans, that wraps up another episode of the podcast, as always, on Wisconsin.